Thank you, Stephen. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Yes. Well, welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you're here today. Uh, my name is Kurt Davis. I'm the Associate Pastor of Community Engagement and Program Development. I want to invite you to do something. At the end of your row, there is a booklet. If you'll open that up and sign it in and pass it down the row, we'd really appreciate that. Um, and if you are worshiping online with us, I want to invite you to sign in there as well. If you're on the live stream on the website, if you'll back out of full screen mode, there's a little red rectangle uh, above the video screen that says register your attendance. If you'll go there, fill out the form, come on back, that would be great. If you're on Facebook Live, uh, you can register on the event page itself. Well, there are a few things happening here that I wanted to let you know about. Uh, first, we have our back to school water bash on Monday, August 16th from 5 to 7 p.m. And this is at Boulder Trail Park in the Lost Creek neighborhood. We're partnering with our friends, Lost Creek Living Magazine, uh, Lost Creek Neighborhood Association, and Tinny Barbecue. So there's going to be great food. There is going to be um, a lot of fun activities uh, for kiddos. And it's really an all-ages event. So we invite you to come out. Uh, let's celebrate going back to school. Let's celebrate with our community and our church friends here as well. Uh, please do, though, on the events page on the website, if you will RSVP uh, to let us know if you plan to attend. And then also, if you have any interest in volunteering, uh, we would certainly welcome that help as well. Uh, Saturday, August 14th, we have a church-wide cleanup. Ooh, yeah, I know that is just peaking your ears. You are so excited about that. If you love to organize, this is the thing for you. We're going to be going through closets and figuring out what to keep, what to sell or, or give away, and what to, to junk, okay? So it's going to be great, 9 to noon, Saturday, August 14th, right here on the church grounds. You Summer Sunday's fun is still happening this Sunday. We are meeting right here in the Worship Center. Uh, Ms. Kelly Brewer, our Director of Handbells, is going to be showing our students what it is, what it means to play the bells and to give them some hands-on experience as well. It's going to be a blast today, 5 to 6.30 p.m. And one last thing, we are doing some special uh, programming for our adults during the uh, Sunday school hour, 10 to 11 a.m. on Sundays. Uh, we do that in person in the library, and then we'll also include folks uh, from Zoom, so uh, hybrid experience. And I want to let you know that our very own Susan Landers will be sharing about her book that she's written, her new book. So that's going to be next Sunday uh, at, from 10 to 11 a.m. Well, thanks all. Happy Sunday, everybody. We're excited to worship with you today. Morning. Morning. All right, so as most of you probably know, the COVID cases are going up in Austin and we're now back in stage five. So we're asking everyone to wear a mask and thank you all for doing that. Um, also, we're asking that you don't sing along with the music, which is really hard. But we ask that you sing in your heart and that actually gives us other opportunities to hum with the music and really focus on the words. And as um, the title of our hymn says, um, allows God to speak to us by focusing on these words and really listening for him.
morning and welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor and I'm so glad that you're all here to worship with us this morning. Before we are called to worship, I want to make a quick announcement. Um, if you've read the emails this week, you're already aware, but for those of you who may not have caught it, um, wanted to let you know that Megan Getman, our Director of Children's Ministries, has um, tendered her resignation. She received and has accepted a job offer with Austin Rowing, um, where she will continue to be a rowing coach and will become the director of all of their programming. This is a job that she is very excited about and that she feels called to, and so we celebrate that with her, and we will pray for her and her ongoing journey, and we will also give thanks for her ministry. We'll have opportunity between now and her last day, which is not until the first Sunday of September, to uh, share our love with her and to say our goodbyes and to celebrate her. And we are making plans to have a fellowship opportunity on her last day here um, so that we can do that more directly and more intentionally. Um, on, well, that is good news for, for Megan, but on the positive side for us, um, we also have uh, Kelly um, Brewer, our director of, <laughs> yeah, our director of uh, Bell Ministry, Hand Bell Ministries, will be stepping in to shepherd our children's ministries on an interim part-time part-time basis, and um, our very own Ashley Mangold, who was raised right here in our congregation, will be uh, shepherding our youth ministries on an interim part-time basis. So we are very blessed to have both of them um, step into those roles. We have a lot of very robust programming for both children and youth. Um, and so I think we're in good hands. Um, so I wanna celebrate that. Okay, so uh, we're not invited to sing out loud, but we can speak. So I wanna ask y'all to please rise as we are called to worship. You will respond with the words in yellow when it's time. It's time to listen for God's voice. Well, the day is here and the time is now to find new hope in God. Then come and join in the hope we share of God's never-ending love. Totally, completely, without reservation, God is worthy of our praise. I want to invite us now to turn and in a socially safe and physically distanced way, please spread and pass the peace of Christ to one another. Peace of Christ. the young and young at heart will come forth for some children's time. <laughs> for the Bible tells me so, 
heart people that's wonderful today I'm gonna talk about rubber bands and they're fantastic because you can stretch them and stretch them and stretch you okay Megan okay until they break in fact that's perfect that's perfect for what I'm gonna talk about but these are little let me let me try to get a big one Woo right well, I was thinking that rubber bands are a little like our lives. Ooh, right? There's a lot of, of lessons about our lives that rubber bands can teach us. And if I can get Megan to sort of help me hold on to one, right? Our lives are full of relationships. We have relationships with our friends, with our brothers and our sisters and our parents and our teachers and our coaches, and with each one of those relationships, we have an adventure. And there's ups and there's downs, right? And there's tension that develops in each one of them. And there's stage five. <laughs> and there's mask wearing. And there's all kinds of things. And what we're reading today in the Bible is St. Paul talking to the people of Ephesus and one of the things that he says is don't let the sun go down on your anger, on your tension in the rubber band, right? He says we have to deal with this and we have lots of ways to deal with it. Let's see, not only is there, is there stage five and all these problems, but Megan who would never do anything wrong I think did something wrong. I'm greatly mistaken, I'm sure, because she would never do that. But I'm so angry at her for doing that thing that I think she did, but she didn't really do, right? <laughs> so I've got all this tension, and I need to get rid of it. How do I get rid of it? Well, I remember that Megan is my sister in God, right? She's a child of God. I'm with her, and I can forgive her. I can also be truthful for her was speaking truth and I can tell her you know Megan I blew it I thought you did this thing and you didn't really do it and I'm so sorry I'm so sorry for getting angry and I can cope with mask wearing easy thing to do right and I can find peace and let my anger go and release it God not only tells us to that, that we're gonna be angry sometimes but he gives us lots and lots of possibilities to release it, right? Yes, okay, so help me pray. Dear God, please help me to not let the sun go down on my anger. Please help me find peace and walk in love. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning at verse 25. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. My sister is three years older than I am, and we had our fair share of sibling arguments and fights along the way. My parents were pretty patient with us, but one day they got sick of us bickering. And they told, she, they told my sister and I to memorize Ephesians 4.32 and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. When either parent saw us arguing uh, or when they saw something ramping up that looked like it might become an argument, they would stop us and say, Ephesians 4.32 which meant we had to stop what we were doing, look at each other, and recite Ephesians 4.32 to one another. And in the heat of the moment, my sister and I didn't always take this message to heart, but it did diffuse the situation. Some of you might be getting some ideas here. Maybe for your own partners as well. <laughs> Before we jump into and explore this scripture today, I think it's important to remember that this was a letter written to a first century church that had its own culture and its own context. And if you read this letter in its entirety, you'll definitely see what I'm talking about. Some believe that this letter was written by the Apostle Paul, while others think it was maybe written by his close confidants. Either way, it has the fingerprints of Paul all over it, and the intended audience was a younger church made up of Jews and Gentiles who decided to join with those who followed in the way of Jesus of Nazareth. Throughout the letter, there are themes of the new life found in Christ and the unity that exists amongst Christ's followers. And not only that, but these followers were linked and unified with a common purpose to do the good works that Christ had set out for them from the very beginning. And as you get into this letter, you see what types of ethics and actions should exist within this community of Jesus' followers. And that's exactly what we find in our scripture today. It might seem fairly straightforward, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of just right there, right in your face, right in front of you. But there's something really gripping about this scripture. 
In the opening line, we're compelled to put away all falsehood and speak truth to our neighbors because we are all connected to one another as part of one body. Like I said, it seems pretty straightforward that we should put away falsehood and speak truth to each other. But the writer gives us the reason why, which is so crucial. We speak the truth because we are all connected to one another. We currently live in a social media age. It's become apparent that false rumors spread faster and wider than true information. In fact, in a 2018 study published in the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in a journal called Science, researchers found that falsehoods are 70% more likely to be retweeted on Twitter and, and, and than the truth. And these falsehoods, they reach the first 1,500 people six times faster than true information reaches those people. And the study found that this effect was most pronounced with political points of view. Well, we are in the midst of another surge in the coronavirus, locally, nationally, and globally. And there's been so much harm done through the spread of misinformation on social media concerning the virus. We are all connected. And this has become even more apparent as we watch this virus spread through our close proximity to one another. The truth is important in what we speak, in what we post, and what we share. It can affect what people do. Beyond the importance of stating what is plainly true and refraining from that which is clearly untrue, there's another important aspect of truth-telling. The truth is that you and I and everybody on this planet are beloved of God. To speak in a way that diminishes the value or the worth of any other is a falsehood. Obviously, we critique harmful actions, but we do not diminish the worth of the person. It is God's ultimate goal to redeem, to repair, and to restore everything and everyone in the whole of creation. Well, next, the writer of the letter implores us not to be angry to the point of sin, to not let the sun go down on our anger, and to keep from giving the devil a foothold. First, anger is a part of our natural emotional response. Anger in and of itself isn't bad. Of course, selfish anger is not healthy. But anger at injustice is righteous, like we see from Jesus, especially when it leads to constructive action to bring about the change that makes people's lives better. And there are constructive ways to deal with our anger, as Sam so beautifully showed us. I love the image of the rubber band and releasing that tension. That was perfect. Well, second, the instruction is to not let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, it's, it's a key thing because it is easier to go to sleep at night without stewing on your anger when you know what constructive steps you might take to address those things that you see that are making you angry. And when you do this, you keep the devil from gaining a foothold in your heart. Now, here's something interesting. In the Greek word, uh, the Greek, in the Greek, the word is diabolos, and it means slanderer. In Hebrew, the word for this type of figure is satan, which means the accuser. 
the writers of our scriptures wrote about metaphysical forces at work behind the scenes that influence actions that cause harm and diminish the worth of the people created in God's image. Well, we're not going to go down that entire rabbit hole this morning. We can point out uh, some moments in our history, both near and far, that would cause us to wonder what kind of forces are at work in the world causing such extreme violence and hatred. In the Middle Ages and beyond, there were the blood libels. Jewish people were accused of killing a child each year and drinking the child's blood for ceremonial purposes. Accusations were often made around the time of the Passover, with some claiming that blood was actually baked into the Passover bread. This, of course, was absolutely ridiculous and patently false. Besides, there were prohibitions in Jewish dietary law about consuming blood of any kind, which made it even more ridiculous. That slander and that accusation over the course of centuries influenced the perception of Jewish people throughout the diaspora. And it led to more and more slander, more and more accusation, which resulted in widespread persecution and even killing on grand scales. We can see how damaging the work of slander and accusation are in more extreme ways, but we also know that slander and accusation can damage one's work or job opportunities, or worse yet, one's relationships. Back to the opening verse in our scripture. We recognize the importance of speaking truth because we all belong to one another. We are members of the same body. Next, the writer of the letter appeals to the hearers to give up theft as a means of supporting oneself. Not just that, the listener is encouraged to pursue honest work so that they can contribute something to those in need. This is so poignant. It goes beyond the command, don't steal. There is a positive and constructive reason for the alternative of honest work, to give to those in need. A community that takes care of those in need will slow the impulse to steal, to provide for oneself. The writer goes on to talk about evil and unwholesome talk. You might be thinking that we're now going to talk about cussing. <laughs> Is this an ex exhortation to stop dropping those nasty F-bombs? <laughs> no, that's not what we're going to talk about. There's, there's something so much bigger and so much deeper than that. You can refrain from cussing and still tear somebody down and diminish their worth with biting words. This is about utilizing our speech to build one another up. Your words have the power to bring grace to those who hear. Think about that. Your words have the power to bring grace to those that hear them. That's such a cool thing. How would you rate your conversations? Do people leave feeling better or worse? Do they sense love or scorn? Do they sense hope or despair? Do they sense disappointment or that you have faith in them? By the way, if you have never seen the show Ted Lasso, it is a fantastic feel-good comedy. Kindness makes a comeback. 
is what some have said about Ted Lasso. And without going into too much detail, uh, it's about an American college football coach that goes to England to coach an English football team without knowing a whole lot about it. It's, it's really funny. His folksy speech, his disarming demeanor, and his incessant belief in people wins them over, even his worst critics. And I think this show has received so much positive attention because we desperately crave people like Ted Lasso in our lives. We all want a coach to believe in us, to see the potential in us, and to draw out the best in us for the good of our team and for the good of our community. Leadership has been defined as believing in others more than they believe in themselves. We are all members of one body. May we constantly look to speak words of healing so that we may grow stronger as we build one another up. The writer of the letter goes on to implore the hearers to refrain from grieving the Holy Spirit, the one whose mark or seal we all bear to the day, for the day of redemption. Now, what's the writer talking about? In the ancient world, people had particular seals that were unique to them and to their household, to maybe a guild, a, a trade guild, or to their government or, or some other entity. It was like a signature in a sense. When someone saw a particular seal on a document, they would know that the contents of that document represented the one whose seal it bore. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we fail to care for each member of the family of God, when we do not work to heal and build one another up. But see, when we have been marked for the day, we have been marked for the day of redemption. When God promises to repair, to restore, to heal all wounds, to dry every tear, we have been marked with hope for what is to come, and we have been empowered to bear witness to that reality here and now, even if only as signposts pointing towards that incredible day. The writer goes on to say that we should put away all the things that harm ourselves and one another, but it's not just a list of don'ts. There's a list of constructive actions to take, Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, forgiving one another, as God in Christ, uh, sorry, I forgot, tenderhearted, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. We spent a good part of the summer talking about kindness and all the ways that we interpret that and we apply kindness. Kindness is welcoming, compassionate, caring, thankful, loving, and kindness can even be hard. But how about this word tenderhearted? To me, this screams empathy and understanding. Seek to understand first, then to be understood. The next constructive action is to be forgiving of one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. And let's be clear, forgiveness does not mean that accountability for an action is somehow wiped away. We live with the consequences of actions that harm others, and yet we are not defined by the worst things that we have done. Punishment alone is not justice. In God's economy, justice is always restorative. Forgiveness 
softens our hearts and makes them tender enough so that we can believe with God in the restoration and the repair of all things. And not only to believe it, but to work with God in pointing towards that ultimate reality. The writer goes on to say, Be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us. When we live in such a way that continually takes into account the needs of others and builds others up, we imitate the way of God, the way that God loves us in Christ. The point of this whole scripture is about building one another up. And I recognize that the message you've heard today could potentially instill guilt, like somehow you're not measuring up to the standard that you've just heard. I get that. But we have a coach. We have an advocate, one whose seal that we bear that is calling out the best in us. We have one that believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. And this seal that we bear marks us for the day of redemption when God will make all things new through repair and restoration. And by the way, maybe I should have said this way sooner, but I see incredible examples of this all throughout this congregation, all throughout your lives, all throughout the actions that you continually take to care for one another, to serve one another. And it's beautiful. We set our eyes on what is promised so that we can be inspired to live into that promise from day to day. And as we receive God's unending love for us, we are inspired to share that love with others. When we recognize that it is God's grace that has drawn us into God's beloved family, we are then inspired to show others that they too belong to this family, that they are beloved as well, that we are beloved. May we walk this way. May we talk this way. May we be imitators of God in this way. Amen. Now we prepare to give as an act of worship and gratitude for all that God has given us. There are four ways that you can support the work of Westlake UMC through your financial gifts. Um, The first is if you're worshiping here in person, you can give in the offering plate at the conclusion of the worship service, um, which is in the North X on your way out. Um, The second is you can give on the website, which is westlake-umc.org and you can make a one-time gift or you can set up scheduled giving as well, which is very convenient. Um, The third way is you can text in all caps Westlake UMC to 73256 and you'll receive a message with a link to give. Um, And the fourth and final way is that you can mail your check to the church at any time that is convenient for you. Thank you for your generosity and faithfulness to the support of ministry of Westlake UMC. We appreciate you.
What a gift to hear the bells. As beloved children of God, we pray for one another. Um, as we open ourselves and our hearts to God in prayer, I want to invite you to center yourselves, to open your hearts, and for those of you who are joining us online or through Facebook Live, um, if you have joys or concerns that you would like to lift up alongside the prayers that we lift up here in worship, I invite you to drop those into the comment section online. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for who you are and who you call us to be. God, we give thanks for all the many gifts that you pour out on us. We lift up to you the many celebrations, knowing that you celebrate with us. We celebrate the wedding anniversaries of Bob and Penny Schmidt, of Sarah and Tony Benton, and we celebrate the wedding joy with Sarah Austin and Zach Adcock in the wedding of their daughter, Claire Austin, to Francisco Call. God, we give you thanks for Megan Getman and her ministry with us, and we ask that you bless this next chapter of her journey. We give you thanks for Kelly Brewer and Ashley Mangold as they step into the roles, shepherding our children and our youth in their faith journey. Strengthen them and guide them, God, that all our young people might come to know you more deeply. God, we lift up the many things that weigh heavily on us, the concerns that we carry in our hearts, we lift up those who are sick, who have been injured, all those who are recovering from illness or surgeries. We ask that they feel your presence with them and that they know your healing touch. We lift up also to you, God, all those who are experiencing financial hardship, who are seeking jobs who are experiencing broken relationships, for those who feel lonely, who are afraid. God, we lift up all around the world who may be experiencing unrest, and for all those who are experiencing natural disasters at this time. Again, God, we pray for your presence, that it be felt tangibly. And God, we pray that you would guide each and every one of us to do the good works that you have set out for us, that we might be your hands and feet in the lives of all those around us who are suffering. And God, that you would call us always and give us the courage to speak the truth, and to remember how deeply connected we are with one another and with you. God, we pray all these things 
in the name of the one who is the truth and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our sending song is number 399 in the UMH, the hymnal, uh, Take My Life and Let It Be. After we sing Go Now in Peace, I want to invite you to stay because our handbell choir is going to play another beautiful piece for us. Could we get the Ephesians 4.32 slide back up on the screen? And I want to invite us to say this together as part of our benediction today. Let's say this together. And be kind to one another. 
tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Go now in the love of God, knowing that you are a part of God's beloved family, in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen.